Uh, my own testimony in prayer is that I need other people with whom to pray. When I'm left by myself, I pray less. When I'm gathered with other Christians and we are determined to encourage one another in prayer, then I pray more. I need other people with whom to pray if I'm going to be the man of prayer that I know I could be. Uh, Even Jesus, the scriptures tell us, wanted company when he prayed in the run-up to his death. There he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying before his impending death, and he wanted company in his praying. He wanted his friends to be with him. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. The reason that Bev and I are here together is that Bev's much better at all of this than I am. Bev, in our marriage, is much quicker to prayer and much quicker to pray with other people than I am. And um, so that's why what we're going to be doing is a little bit of a double act, but I'm going to be asking some questions and Bev's going to be saying the stuff of more substance. That's the plan anyway. Uh, So let's pray that God helps us. Father, thank you that you're here with us. And uh, Lord, we just commit our time together to you. Um, I want to pray that whether what I've just said about debt or anything else that might be troubling different ones of us, uh, I pray that you would still the voice of accusation amongst us as we remember that truth from Romans that Rod reminded us of that we are set free from sin and death and there is a law of the spirit of life and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So pray Holy Spirit that you'd move amongst us this morning that we might rise up with your life, rise up by the power of your spirit, not be heavy burdened. Thank you Jesus that you said to us that you would give us a light burden and an easy yoke. And we want to throw off anything that is not of that kind and embrace what you have for us, knowing that in your goodness, what you have for us is good. We want to live in that aerodynamics, that dynamic of the spirit. So come Holy Spirit and help us, I pray. Come upon each one of us, prepare us to hear your word, soften our hearts, drive away our fear that causes us to batten down the hatches and enable us to walk through that open door into your presence and to enjoy all that you offer to us. Thank you that you're here. Lord, we love you. And may our time together be for your glory. And may you find pleasure in us as we find pleasure in you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, the place where, uh, Bev, you have mostly been working out this thing about praying in community is in, well, it says family. 
says family life. There's a group in the church that's variously been called family fun, family time, family life. But could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, Family life is a group that is centred around families in West Oxford. And we've been developing this over maybe 10 years, I think. And it's changed and grown over that period of time. Um, But at the heart of what we want to do and be together um, is about family in who we are. Uh, We connect together and we live life together as much as we can. And we've had to develop that. We've had to encourage ourselves to meet each other in the week, to pray together, um, to choose to live openly in who we are uh, rather than just bury ourselves in our homes, in our families, and in our, in our work. Um, we've chosen to invest in our friendships together and get to know one another, uh, where some of us just didn't. We, we don't always naturally have good relationship. Um, and we're doing this because of the example that Jesus has set us. We're not just doing it because it's functional and it's good Christian stuff. We're doing it because of what Jesus has done. Um, There's lots of examples of this through the Gospels. But in Mark 3, verse 14, it says, um, And he appointed twelve, of whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. Uh, I think the key words in there are, are that he might, they might be with him. They were in community together with Christ at the center of that. And then he sent them out. So it is an in and an out thing going on. And it's at the very center of the Gospels. And it's at the very heart of what Jesus wants us to be, is he wants us to be family together. Um, God created community. He is community The Trinity is community. We are formed in his image. Uh, We are a reflection of who he is, as Holy Spirit, as Father, as Jesus. We are together in that. And that's what he wants for us. He wants us to live in that community. Um, He's also set us on a journey with people. He doesn't want us to remain static or alone. He wants us to travel through life with other people. Jesus journeyed with the Holy Spirit, that they were together, and he called on the Father. They are united. Um, Yeah, we aren't self-sufficient. We often think we are. Sometimes we just remain fearful on our own, but we actually are designed to be in community. And I think that's one of the most important things I want to say today. Whether you like it or not, We actually are designed to be in community with one another. Uh, We need to learn about our weaknesses with one another. We need to have room to share those with each other. We need to learn where Jesus is asking us to be vulnerable and asking us to be open with one another. And we need to learn to encourage one another where we might not always naturally do that. Well, you just started talking about um, uh, some of the weaknesses that we all bring to community. And I mean, it sounds great, 
to be in community together and love one another and share life and that. But people aren't always that straightforward. Um, so that sounds lovely, but I'm at, it's also a bit challenging. And don't, haven't you found that people find that hard? Yep, it's definitely hard. We've had tears, lots of them, <laughs> amongst each other. Um, but that's kind of okay. We are broken. We aren't whole and perfect in this world. Like the plate here, we are broken. We are a reflection of God, but we aren't fully like Christ yet. We're not fully redeemed. We're on that journey. Um, We often disappoint one another. And this is you too. This is not just my group. I'm sure you relate to the fact that you get disappointed by your friends from time to time. We let each other down. Uh, Sometimes not always in a way that we mean to, but we do let each other down. And we often miscommunicate. And yet we still are on a journey together. Yet we actually are on this journey and God wants us to be. And because I just have to paint things, if anyone knows me, I feel much better with a paintbrush in my hand. So I just thought I'd illustrate this for you. Uh, Yeah, so here we are, little broken people. I hope this is going to work. So this is a person. This is us broken together, but separate. This is one person. This is not going to work so well for those watching, listening. <laughs> They'll have to get the illustration afterwards. So yeah, we, are, we can be separate and on our own quite often. Um, but you know, God wants us to be together, but we often find ourselves separated by our differences and by the fact that we're individuals and not working together. But actually, God wants us to be together. And the way we do that is through prayer and is through relating to one another through prayer. But at the center of that is somebody whom we love. And we mustn't forget that he is there between us. So we have Christ here on the cross between us. So where our divisions are, we put Christ at the center. And where we are disappointed with one another, we put Christ at the center of that. And as we pray through our disappointments, as we pray about our vulnerabilities with one another and where we confess to each other that we don't always get on and we get disappointed, we're looking to the one who is perfect in this, who has been disappointed, who understands about forgiveness. need another color. Because where he is between us and where we relate to Christ it was on the cross that he showed all of these things for us. That's orange and not red. Someone just put the wrong lid on. <laughs> Can't have orange blood. <laughs> yeah, it's at the cross that Jesus displayed forgiveness. It was at the cross that he displayed ultimate love. And it's at the cross that he showed us how to be vulnerable with one another. And that by looking 
to the cross. Little arrows. There we go. By actually looking at the cross and looking at Christ, that's where we learn how to relate to one another. Because Christ shows us. He is the example of how we do relationship. He shows us how to be forgiving. So as we hold on to Christ... We actually create community because as we come to the cross and as we look at the, the, the example that Jesus gives us, we're actually learning to love each other better and we're actually learning to, to forgive one another and be vulnerable with one another and to have relationship with one another. If we keep Christ at the center of that and remember what he did and how he wants us to relate to one another, then Even if we get it wrong, there is room for forgiveness and there is room for discipleship. Uh, Yeah, and this has really helped us that we keep Christ in the middle of our relationships and that as he pours out himself to us and we understand who he is and who he's made us to be, it helps us understand our relationship with him. Yeah. I have to come back to my notes and I have to remember what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think the, th- the next thing is, well, that's, that speaks about how we relate together as Christians, and that's great. Um, how does that work out with people who aren't currently Christians? Because the community that you're talking about, we've sometimes called them, often called them missional communities. You've talked about how they're not just communities for us, they're communities for the benefit of other people. How does all of that work for people who aren't currently Christians? Um, I think originally it didn't used to work really very well at all uh, because we had our own little community and and it was great to relate with one another, but we were struggling to actually show this and demonstrate this to our friends um, because they were outside of the group that we had. So what we started to do was actually learn how to be ourselves amongst our friendship groups. So We run something called Family Fun, meets here on Tuesdays. And instead of just serving the parents and the mums and the kids there with hot drinks and toys, we began to display who we were in front of them in our relationships. We would pray together um, in front of them and we would offer prayer to them. And just by the fact that we had done these things together and who we are, we noticed was rubbing off on them and that people would walk in the room and say to us, there is something different about you. What, what is that thing? And we were able to say, well, we're a community here and we, we, we believe that Jesus is in the middle of our community and that he helps us to love each other and to forgive each other and to work together. And the atmosphere that Christ was creating amongst us was impacting our friends. And a lot of that, without us even actually having to try really very hard, just by the demonstration of our family and our community, people were having their lives impacted, and they were being drawn to that. They wanted to share life with us. not only were we just doing the one thing, because we can be very mission-focused, can't we, and sort of ministry-focused, is we began to see, well, look, we can't just do this once a week. We need to 
draw our friends into our lives so they can see more of who Christ is through us. They can see him as part of our community. We want them to be in our communities as well. So we started doing things called Open House, where we invited friends, Christian friends and non-Christian friends, together into our homes. Um, We started doing breakfasts together, where we would just get everyone together and eat together and so that there was, on Saturdays, so there was time in the day, but we were starting the day with one another. Um, also, just ad hoc things. People realised that they liked swimming, so they started going swimming together and walking to the swimming pool. I think they're still doing that now as well. And just spending time with our friends and our people of peace and those that, that actually liked hanging out with us. And they began to see who we were by the way we related with one another. Yes, He's, I'm getting my prompt from the side. <laughs> we've, uh, just as from examples really, we've started doing um, breakfasts on Saturday mornings as part of family fun. And we had one yesterday, we, do, we run a breakfast here for whole families. So instead of just drawing in the women, we actually try and draw in the whole families and invite partners and their kids and their older kids. And we've discovered that people so want to be with us that they are prepared to move anything else to make it happen. So yesterday, one of the mums actually shifted the henna party that her sister had organised to the afternoon so that she could come in the morning. And it seems rather surprising because it's not. We know it's not because we put on great games and great craft. Um, because we've tried this before. Steve, a few years back tried a, a semi-successful <laughs> uh, dad's club you know, where they met together, they put up bouncy castles and hoped that the dads would come along. Um, they continued to do this over a long period of time, <laughs> but only ever got a few people along and it was a labour of love and more labour than love, I think. It was basically <laughs> just me providing... Um, it wasn't only always me, but I was the regular, regularly present. Um, Chris Dunn used to come along sometimes, but providing pastries and bacon and fun and newspapers turns out not to be enough to advance the kingdom of God. <laughs> so what I think we're doing now is actually bathing what we do in prayer. We're actually praying for our friends beforehand and we're actually meeting their needs spiritually, to be honest. We're not, we're not having constant conversations about Jesus, but we're actually connecting them in a way that is different, that they're seeing community life, they're seeing church life. And what we have here is great, isn't it? We turn up, we have coffees in the morning, and we know that we are loved here. We know that we are supported. Don't we want to share that? with our friends outside of here. Wouldn't it be great for other people to experience that? So we are actually finding opportunities to do that, to welcome people into the heart of what we do. And the atmosphere is what's different. He's looking at me because I'm getting carried away. <laughs> We've not done this double app thing no, before. No, no. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the tension it's placed in our marriage the last few days. Uh, well, maybe you would. Um, <laughs> Those that know us would know. Uh, Those are your notes, by the way. They yeah, look like I know. It's all very confusing. 
Bev said to me, I've not felt this tense since we got married. It's like, <laughs> it's like well, that turned out all right, didn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, talking about that process of um, people getting to know us, people coming in, and the whole exploration of faith that goes on in that. Um, some of us have found a little diagram helpful. I'm going to put it up there. Some of the words are a bit small, but I just want to say, if we think about the process, one of our problems in all of this. It's like, what, what words do we put on this? What did, we talk about people who are not Christians. We might sometimes talk about people who are spiritually seeking. And we're trying to work out, how, did, how does the reality of someone else's spiritual journey and exploration map onto how we talk about what we're doing? I mean, how, does, how do we do that in a way that properly respects the journey that someone else is on and not just try to fit them into our boxes and to try to find words for all of that this has proven to be a helpful thing to recognize there's a whole crowd of people out in our community that we don't even know but amongst them there are some people with whom we've become acquainted some of them may even become friends but people to whom um, we, we can put a, a, a name to a face and we know something about those people in amongst all of those acquaintances that we might have there are some people who we've got this phrase people of peace it's a comes from the Gospels, people of peace. And what it, what it, um, where it comes from is Jesus saying to his disciples that when you go out, when you go out and you, um, you meet people and you're open with them about who you are, you're coming, doing, saying something spiritual to them, and they say, ah, oh, brilliant, come, sit down, and let's you know, spend some time together. When you find those kinds of people, Jesus says, well, that's that's a person of peace. That's that little phrase. And there are some people that when we, amongst our acquaintances, amongst our friends, who don't only like us because we share an interest in the same football team or happen to be useful to them in the workplace, but they know about our faith. And knowing about our faith and knowing who we are, that actually makes them even more interested. It's not, there's not an awkwardness about spiritual things. And saying, that's a really helpful thing to recognize and to understand that we're on common ground, being able to be really open about who we are with people that are really interested in who we are. That's what we're trying to pick up with that phrase, a person of peace. And there are many such people. There are many such people amongst our friends and those whom we know. And of course, once we've discovered that, we can start walking together on a spiritual journey, sharing what we've learned about Christ um, learning from others too as to what their experiences have been and often finding that people discover faith in Jesus for themselves as we then walk together and they're happy to then become disciples of Christ. So that's what those, um, we, that's what a number of us have been using as a way to make sense of some of all of these different relationships that we have and many of you will have heard that phrase person of peace or people of peace and it's proven really helpful as a way of thinking about those people amongst all the people that we know with whom there's kind of something going on spiritually. So having just explained that, Beth, could you just say a little bit more about the community that you've been part of and how do you as a community in practice touch, share life with, whether it's people of peace or some of the other acquaintances that you have? Just tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, um, I think it's easy to how helpful to sort of break it down a little bit into how we can offer prayer to people and how we can offer hospitality and how we can offer welcome to our friends. Um, just thought it might be helpful to have a few illustrations of this. Uh, we have somebody in our group called Maria. 
is over there. <laughs> and she is amazing at praying for people and is, and is very open in the way she does that with her work and with her friends. Uh, she has a structure with her work where she's a seamstress and she does commissions for people and, and makes uh, clothing and items for people. But as part of her ticket as such for the product, so it's making a pair of trousers, they need to be this long, blah, blah. And at the bottom it will say, and what are your prayer needs? She actually asks every one of her clients, what, what prayer do they need? And while she's making the garment for them, she prays for them. Now, this is something that Maria does and has been doing for some time. Um, but when she became part of our group, we looked to embrace what she was doing with her work and the people she was meeting and praying for as part of what we were doing. And she doesn't have young children anymore, but she's part of our group. Um, and we can support her in that because you guys will all be part of different groups of people with different needs and you won't necessarily all be parents. Um, yeah, you're all different individuals, but it's how we connect. And the way we connected to this was to actually start praying for the people that she related to and she would share stories of the people that she was praying for and that would God had put on her heart. And we prayed in our small group for that in our missional community and got to know some of these people through conversation. And one person in particular uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And we began to pray for her to see peace in her life, to, to see that she was transformed and instead of feeling fearful about the treatment she had, that she would be able to walk through it with strength. And we also thought, well, how can we actually support her more? So we were, did some meals for her, and she, the actual lady began to know about the prayer we were praying. So rather than it just being praying in our small group, we all pray for our, each other's friends, she began to know that she was being prayed for. And with the meals that we made, we would put in messages and cards saying, we're praying for you. We're walking through with this, in this hard time together with you. And actually, the effect of that was that this lady felt welcomed and drawn into our community. She felt loved in a way that she hadn't experienced before and was touched not just by our witness, but by Christ. And actually... Now, I hear the latest update of today <laughs> is that um, um, this lady has been so touched by Christ that she actually wants to know more about him. This God that has journeyed with her through this difficult time through our community and our prayer, she actually would now, now wants to do an Alpha, an Alpha course. And this has not been the only one. There have been others as well who have been drawn in through prayer because it's not just so, so many words. that the, the prayer is a spiritual binding. It has impact in the heavenlies. It does things. It does change lives, which is remarkable. Um, we also uh, look to offer hospitality and get people in our homes and have fun together and draw each, in, each other in for meals and we'll swap friends. So if I'm getting a friend round. I did some biscuit decorating at Christmas and I invited George in to come and um, help me. Georgie, that's not a bloke. 
that's Georgie <laughs> Clark. And she came along with one of the friends that I'd invited, and we just had a great time together. And my friend, who we did biscuit decorating with, just said to me the other day, I was just thinking about that time we had together. Can we get together again? I just, I just want to spend more time with you. So she came along to the breakfast yesterday and had many conversations about prayer and how people's lives have been impacted. So these things sort of have little knock-ons all the way down, really. And with welcome, we welcome in our friends. We welcome them into our, the community events that we do, the meals we have, the time we have. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you've told me about and I've picked up and been touched by is that there's some kind of um, desire that drives your praying. It's not all just stuff that you do. It's an overflow from some desire. And I think it would really help us to hear a bit more about that. Yeah. Um, I think the desire comes from the desire to see people born again. <laughs> Um, the more you get to know people and the more you get to know Jesus, the more you realize that we desperately need him and that those around us desperately need him. And it's, it's very hard to stand here and try and verbalize a lot of this because it actually goes deep into our spirits and our souls. So you probably think I'm repeating myself quite a lot, but actually... This is the stuff of our very spirits and our very souls. Um, we have a desire to see each other grow spiritually as people, as disciples of Christ, one another. We have a desire to see our friends, those who don't know Christ, grow together to know Christ spiritually. It's, it's taking on another level. It's like seeing the world through God's eyes, through Jesus' eyes. Because when he was here... In, in the flesh. He had a great desire and a burning desire on his heart to see this world transformed. And we need to allow that to affect us, that same desire that Christ has. We need to open our hearts up and allow him in to do the same thing for us. Yeah. Um, I think we haven't got time for most of this. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> um, I wonder whether... Um, it, because we want to spend some time praying to get... It's one thing to talk about praying and to talk about community, but um, Dan's going to lead us in some praying for our communities before we're done this morning. I just think, um, having talked about that kind of overflow, the desire, the practical things that happen, it would be really helpful to come back to the picture that you had about a mosaic. And, just, and it's kind of what you've drawn up here as well. There's a heart thing that as we've prepared for this morning, for God wants to communicate to us as a church about our connectedness in Christ and the richness of that. So I'll stick up, I'm going to go through a load of stuff and get to where we want to get to. So just ignore all of this. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to go there. Yeah. Um, I teach art at the King's School, and we've been making mosaics together, uh, which is slightly terrifying because... We smash up plates, and we make these mosaics out of plates. And uh, the reason is, is to demonstrate the fact that we are broken, that we are broken. And actually, God places us next to one another in all our different shapes and forms. None of us are the same. None of us truly understand one another. None of us fully relate to one another because we are broken. 
Um, but Christ wants us to be like him. And it just dawned on me as I was regrouting these mosaics that the children have made and made a complete mess with, um, that actually prayer and how we relate to one another is the grout that holds this whole thing together. We can sit ourselves next to each other in our communities and we can try and sit and look beautiful next to each other and try and relate to one another But unless we actually stick the grout between the the gaps, we will never be unity. We will never be unified. And it's actually prayer and relational prayer, prayer that is about forgiveness, prayer that's about vulnerability and friendship and praying for those outside of our circles and praying for one another that glues us together and actually brings a unified picture that makes us not just a bunch of broken pieces next to one another trying to relate, but actually turns us into something more beautiful and that gives us the overall picture, which is community, the community that Christ wants us to be and how he wants us to be seen in the world. So instead of just a bunch of pieces, we become a whole picture that is beautiful, even in its brokenness, and that we need to allow prayer to get into every single crevice of our lives and look for every single opportunity that there is to allow it into our lives so that we use it as a form of communication with one another and we build it into our communities. Yeah. Great, thank you. So we're coming into land, and I think there are three different sorts of responses um, which we are going to take in turn. I'm going to lead through the first couple and then Dan's going to lead us in the third. The first is that it may well be that in some of the things that Bev's shared, you thought, you know what, there's a way in which I could do a bit more of that. Or our group, our community could do a bit more of that. Um, I think it can be a little bit intimidating to think of what a group of young mums do when a number of them you know, aren't working full time and the intensity of community. But for all of us, there are some further steps that we can take to share life with other people and include other people in our lives. And uh, if something has jumped out to you of a change that you could make, just want to encourage you to take a moment now, maybe make a note of that and act on it and take another step forward towards this kind of uh, way of living in community. That's the first thing. Second thing's a little bit deeper because very clearly spoken about our brokenness and some of the challenges of community. And actually, for some of you, that challenge has left you uh, holding back from community. There has been hurt and difficulty, and in the past, it's not been well resolved. And this morning is an opportunity to start afresh to recognize that we are made for community together with all of God's people and to bring our brokenness before God and say, God, would you take me and place me in community? Would you locate me and grant me as you will? And that's really an act of repentance, saying it's time to turn around and not stand aside from the rest of God's people, but offer ourselves to God afresh. And if for some people that might actually be quite a deep thing, there may be a need for forgiveness, there may well be a need for healing. And 
if that's the situation that you're in, I'd like to invite you to, to, when we all move and pray in a minute, stay where you are, invite someone perhaps that you know to pray with you, or if you don't know anyone, come to the front here and a couple of us will be here willing to, you know, privileged to pray with you and stand with you in asking that today would be a day for that to turn around because God delights in placing the lonely in families. And it's his determination that will see that come to pass. Okay, Dan.